Father God, we come before you today to worship you and take some time to just leave the world behind. I thank you for your love and that you watch over us, you care for us. We don't always understand what's going on. We don't always understand what our eyes see, but we know that you are in control of everything. Sometimes it doesn't seem like stuff is going right, and sometimes it doesn't seem like that you are in control, but we know that you are, and we know that our enemy wants us to believe that you're not. And we just cast that aside and say thank you and praise your name. And that's what we're here for this morning, Father, is to worship you and to praise you, to lift you up. I thank you for each person here today. I thank you for each person watching. I ask that you just speak to us individually and corporately. I ask you to bless each person who comes in later today. Thank you that you are a good father and that you love us. I ask you to bless the word today, bless the music. In the name of Jesus, amen.
Shadow of the shadow. 
That's awesome. There's only one, guys. <laughs> I'm telling you. The earth will try, but I'm telling you what, there is only one place that we can go to be filled. There is only one Redeemer. Lord God, we lift you up this morning. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. We give you praise and glory, God. You fill us up, Lord God. In you, we have fullness of life, God. In you, we're made complete. And it's in you we've been redeemed back to a relationship, God. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you so much, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I'm going to read Psalm 1. Hey, Amen. Come on. <laughs> Preach it. <laughs> oh, Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thoughts afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down. You are acquainted with all my ways. There is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O oh Lord, you know it altogether. You have hedged me behind and before. You have laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. Thank you, Jesus. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell the uppermost parts of the sea... Even there, your hand shall lead me. Can't see it, <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Your right hand shall hold me. 
If I say, surely the darkness shall fall on me, even the night shall be light about me. Indeed, the darkness shall not hide from you, but the night shines as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to you. Thank you, Jesus. You formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. Lord God, you know me. You know me inside and out, Lord God. There's nothing hidden from you, Lord. Oh, Lord, we lift you up this morning. We say, come, Lord Jesus. Have your way, God. Yes. Have your way in my heart, Lord. Have your way in my life, God. Thank that, you, Jesus. That you would reveal anything to me, Lord God. Yes. That you would search me and know. Yes. I don't want anything to get in the way of my relationship with yes. you, Lord God. That you would burn it away, God. That we would put you at the center, Lord Hallelujah. God. If you're at the center, Lord, everything else, yes. everything else falls in its place, Lord God. Everything else fits, Lord God, because you've given us life. Yes. Not just life, but abundant life, full Hallelujah. of joy, thank full you, of Jesus. full of peace and mercy and grace, oh, Lord God. You, come, Lord Jesus, this morning. Yes, sir. Hallelujah. Come, Lord thank Jesus, you, we pray. Hallelujah. Receive our worship. Thank you, Jesus. At the foot of the cross. Crazy. 
God is good. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh! 
not to get emotional and I'm singing to the Lord hallelujah he's so good
that is our prayer as we end our time of worship Lord for you we ask that you would cause a fire yes, rise up in our souls Lord that we would be set ablaze thank you Jesus and we could no longer be content to just be a little with you on Sunday or a little here or a little there but we would be so desperate to be with you all the time Lord that that fire would rise up in our souls yes. and we would hunger and thirst after you every day all day long yes but our hearts would be for you lord and when we come together that fire would just erupt and there would be a magnificent glorious outpouring of your spirit on your people lord that we would experience that fire oh lord that fire that will cleanse us that fire that purifies us it burns away all the all the wood hay and stubble it burns away all the chaff burns up all the stuff that doesn't need to be in our life but it's your presence Lord your fire changes us forever Lord that happens when we're in your presence where you speak to us Lord and you you breathe life into us your hand is upon us Lord Nezer and Nehemiah they prayed that way they said you I know that the good hand of the Lord, my God, is upon me. Your hand is upon us, Lord. In your presence, your hand is upon us, and it's there not only to, to mold us and shape us and make us into your image, just like you did with Adam. Formed him, fashioned him from the dust of the ground, Lord. You fashioned him into your image. 
And that's what you do now when we're in your presence. The good hand of the Lord is upon us to fashion us and mold us and make us into your image, Lord. I thank you that you, you not only mold us and make us into your image, but you go with us everywhere we go. You protect us. You watch over us. You go before us. You are behind us. You are within us. You're everywhere, Lord. And you are always there watching out for us to perform your good word in us, Lord. I want to see you that way, Lord. I want to see you as the almighty, omnipotent God that rules and reigns, not just in the heavens, but in my heart and my life every moment of every day. Come, Lord Jesus. Rule and reign in me. Rule and reign in me, Lord. Every waking moment, even in my dreams, Lord, rule and reign in me. Let me dream dreams, see visions of your glory and your splendor, of your goodness, Lord, who you are. I want to see you and know you as you are. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Let him breathe life into you now. We're just going to be in his presence. We're going to wait on him for a few moments and let the Lord just breathe into you. Lord, I thank you that we can trust you, that we know that you are the one who is faithful and true. Your word is living truth, Lord Jesus. You are living truth. You live within us, and it's you, Lord. It's you that is bringing life to us. There is one that lies and deceives there's also you, Lord, who is the truthful and faithful one. There is no darkness in you. There is no lie in you. There is no, no shadow of turning. There is no wavering. There is no anything but faithfulness in you, Lord. We can trust your faithfulness. What you say is truth. Thank you, Lord, that your word is truth. You've given us your word so that we can know you and know the freedom that is in you, Lord. And when the Son sets us free, we are free indeed. And I thank you, Lord, that you don't ever 
fluctuate. You don't ever change. We have this scripture on the wall, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's the one that we worship. That's the one that we come and we call on and say, come, Lord Jesus. Come in all of your glory and might, Lord, just like the early church. Come and let us have those signs and wonders following us, just like the early church, Lord, that you would heal, you'd save, you'd deliver. You would be God and among us and in our midst, Lord. Everywhere we go, you would be God. We would be your people. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Well, there is a liar. And he wants to, to kill, to steal, and to destroy all the good things that God wants to do in your life. He wants to lie and deceive and confuse you and distract you but Jesus he is the truth and he said I am the way the truth and the life and I have come so that you can know life know it more abundantly Lord I thank you that to us your people it's been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom that you have poured out your spirit on us and revealed yourself to us so that we can know you and know all, all that that involves, Lord, knowing you. And that's a lifetime and we'll still just be scratching the surface. And yet, Lord, you've invited us, told us, you gave us the ability to know the mystery of the kingdom, Lord. And so I thank you that you are revealing yourself to us. It's in times like this when we worship you, Lord, that you reveal yourself. When we see you in all of your goodness and glory, we know that you are for us. And it doesn't matter who else is against us, that you are for us. Thank you, and we can trust in yes, that, Lord. Yes, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Don't believe the lie. Believe the truth. The lie will deceive and put you in bondage. The truth will set you free and deliver you. The lie will cause you to go down a path that leads to destruction, but the, the truth will lead you to life more abundantly and life everlasting. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Speak those words over us now, Lord. I want to know that you are God and that you are good and that you are always out for my good. I want to be so convinced of that that nothing Nothing in this life could distract me from knowing that you are for me. And when God is for me, who can be against me? Hallelujah. Who can be against me when you're for me, Lord? Just like John read her, it doesn't matter where I go. I can go into the heavens and you're there. I can go into the depths of the sea and you're there. You know my words before I speak them. You know what's in my heart before I ever express it. You know everything about me. And the best part of that is you still love me. You know every failing and flaw about me and you still love me. Love me so much that you gave everything so that I could know you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your goodness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, he is good. Amen. Amen.
God bless you. You can be seated. Thank you, guys. That's good. That's good. Isn't God good? Wow. You know, I could, I could just let that be my message to you that God is good, and that would be just fine. Because if you could figure that one thing out, it'll change your life forever. So many people don't have, a, they don't have the right concept of God. And myself included in years past, I, I saw God as, I just saw him as a judge. I saw him as someone that, you know, was looking for all of my flaws and failures. God's not a nitpicker. <laughs> He's just not. I mean, he knows all of those flaws and failures, but he still invites us to come. That is amazing. That's what grace is all about, that we deserve death. We deserve punishment. We deserve misery. We deserve to be turned over to the torturers. And Jesus says, come. I'm calling you my friend. Just, you just got to comprehend that. That is, that is what is the great mystery of all of it. That God loves us so much and he wants us to be his friend. And we're not worthy. We'll never be worthy. And yet he still calls us and says, come. That's good. Even if I said it, I'll say so. It's good. I uh, was going to have you announce, but I'll just do it myself this week. If you're a visitor, we want to encourage you to... Don't just come once and run away screaming, you know. Give us two or three tries, you know. We're, by then, you'll know what we're really all about. So if you come once, you might think, wow, you know, this is. But if you come a few times, you'll know. We might be, wow, this is. And, and then you'll know you want to either be part of it or not be part of it. But anyway, we, we believe in worshiping. We believe the Word of God. And we, uh, and we just want God to, to show up and have his way. And I believe if we, if we pursue worship that way he'll do his part if we come with a heart that is willing and obedient and open who knows what God can do I know he'll do something good amen, amen. so if you're looking at your notes uh, if you weren't here last week of course you won't know but if you were here last week you'll know that I have recycled those notes <clears throat> because I only made it about halfway through last week and I thought well I'm probably just going to finish and I'll be doing good if I get the last half today. So anyway, if it looks familiar, it is. So we're going to be starting down uh, at B under part one, if you're looking at the outline, the mystery of godliness. So we're going to read this passage of scripture, 1 Timothy 3.16. It says, without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen by angels, preached among the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. The mystery of godliness. I believe that's the, the things of God as it relates to man. You know, everything about the relationship between God and man. That's the mystery of godliness. And I've already told you last week, but I'll just tell you again, you, know, when you can talk about all kinds of mysterious things, but the real mystery is that Jesus 
loved us so much that he came and gave himself for us so that we can be in a relationship with God. And that's been the mystery that's been hidden from the generations past. It's always been the plan. It's always been the plan. In the very beginning, God intended for us to be in a relationship with him. And when we messed it up through Adam and Eve, God began restoring that relationship. And it's always been about that. Um, I don't know if y'all watch movies much. I don't, I don't really think I'm a big movie watcher, but I'll watch some. And there's this uh, Hunger Games movie, and it's you know kind of a series, and some of you probably follow that. Um, and one of them is uh, Catching on Fire. So uh, at one point in that movie, the main guy that was kind of orchestrating things told the lady that was like going to be the hero, the Mockingjay, she was supposed to be the one that led this revolution. And he said, it's been about you the whole time. The whole time it's been about you. All the other stuff that's happened, it's insignificant. It's always been about you. And that's what God says. He says, all the other things, they don't, they don't really matter. It's always been about you, Brian. It's always been about you, Mitch. It's always been about you, Joan. It's always been about you. God cares enough about each one of us that everything that he's done, it is for you. And we need to understand that because he cares that much about each of us. He wants us to be intimately involved in that relationship. It's not just a few moments on Sunday morning or a few seconds at a, at a prayer over a meal. Maybe, you know, when you break open the Bible and read for a few minutes to get your duty done for the day, you know. I mean, it needs to be much, much deeper than that. It, it's supposed to be a relationship. For those of us who are married, you know that you cannot maintain a good, healthy relationship unless you spend little time with one another. And, and if you don't agree about things and you fight about those things all the time, you argue about them, that's going to be unhealthy for you. If you're young and you've never been married, you will be one day probably, and you will understand what I'm talking about, but you don't get to know someone by just spending a few minutes with them once a week. And the same way for us folks, you, you can't just come on Sunday morning and spend a few minutes with God and expect to have a healthy relationship with Him. And you can't get connected to other people in this body or any body if you just come on Sunday morning and spend a few minutes and shake a few hands. You have to actually invest yourself a little bit and get connected. That's part of this mystery. God has given to us to know the mystery of the kingdom. Part of that mystery is that it's all him. It's all his grace. It's all of his goodness being poured out on us. And yet, we have a little part to play. We have to, we have to say, here I am. We have to give ourselves a little bit. We have to invest ourselves a little bit. We have to believe. It's just... It's not, 
it's not as simple as you think sometimes. God wants you. He wants you to give yourself to him fully. He'll do all the hard stuff. He'll do all the heavy lifting, but he wants you. And if you don't give yourself fully to him, you're going to limit what he wants to do in your life. It's just that simple. And I'm, I'm, it's a hard balance. That's all I would say. But you have to get, you got to get a balance in your mind about it. That it's all God, and yet we have a part. I can't say it any more plainly than that. And John shared it great last night about walking in the, in the flesh or walking in the spirit. He was talking about Paul saying, you know, I want to do right, but I can't. I try to do right, but I can't. I don't want to do wrong, but I do. And it's back and forth. And when Paul began to express it a little differently, he said, but, but he said, you know, I know who can help me walk in the spirit. It's Jesus. And when we, when we get our eyes off of all the things that we have to do and start focusing on what he has done and what he will do in our lives, put our trust in that, then we can do things and it's okay. But when you do all that just in your own, you're not going to get anything except a lot of heartache and grief and frustration. And then if you're walking in the Spirit, it's going great, and then the enemy comes in and starts pumping you up and saying, man, look how good you're doing. So then you start getting in the flesh, and you start thinking, look how good I'm doing. Or, conversely, every time you stub your toe, the enemy comes in and says, look at you, yeah. Christian, right? <laughs> yeah, right, look at you. I mean, he's always lying to you. He's always trying to deceive you. He's always trying to take the truth and twist it just enough to get you off track and just to get you distracted. So you have to know who God is and what God says. And when you do that, then you're not as easily distracted by the lies of the enemy. So the mystery of godliness. Without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh justified in the spirit, seen by angels, preached among the Gentiles, believed on the world, and received up into glory. So God was manifested in the earth. That manifested, that word is phenaruo. Ooh, yeah. I'm not a Greek pronunciator, but uh, that's a good effort at it anyway. It means, it is, it is translated as manifest. It also uh, it makes the uh, means to be visible or known, what has been hidden or unknown. And that's the cool thing about the word mystery in the scripture. It's not, it's not just like our English word mystery where, you know, you can't figure it out. Like I shared last week, you got a, you got a candy bar on the countertop and then uh, you come back later and it's gone. That's a great mystery. You know, who got my candy bar? Well, that is an unknown, unsolvable mystery sometimes because nobody will fess up. But a mystery in the scripture, it is one that has been hidden from the ages, but now it has been revealed. It's been made known to you. That's the mystery is that it's not unknown or unsolvable, but the mystery is that God is saying, here, I'm laying it out for you. Again, we have to do 
our part, which is to seek him and to read the word and, and become familiar with what God says and how he has revealed himself. So this idea of uh, making manifest, that's pretty significant because that's the way God has revealed himself. He's done it by words, deeds, or in other ways. And it means also to make actual and visible to be realized. To make manifest means it becomes real. It becomes truth to you. It's not just something off in the distance anymore. Something that you can't grasp or get a hold of. I love that. And, you know, and God said it and then it's quoted again in Romans. But it says, the word of God is near you. It's right there. It's not way off somewhere. It's not off you know, on the other side of the world or in the, up in the heavens where you can't get it. It's right there. It's near you. It's in your mouth and in your heart. It's right there. God has revealed the mystery to us. The mystery is Jesus, that he lived a perfect life. He was born of a virgin. He gave himself freely for us. He sacrificed himself for our sin. He took upon himself our sin, our guilt, and our shame, and he said, I'm taking all that so that you can be righteous through my sacrifice. And then when, it, when he sealed the deal, it's when he came out of the grave on the third day. Because without him coming out of the grave, he was just a good guy who gave himself. Because he came alive, that same spirit that raised him from the dead is that same spirit that lives and dwells in us. The Holy Spirit and the dunamis power, the resurrection power, that's what that is. That's that same spirit. It dwells in us if you're a believer. And that... That is the simple version of the mystery. And there's all kinds of sidelights, and there's all kinds of things that are mysterious, and there's all kinds of other things in the Scripture that are, that are mysteries that one day we're going to know. We're going to see all that when we get to heaven. You know, you can line up and get in line to ask the questions, I guess. I don't personally think I'm going to be worried too much about questions. I think I'm just going to be so happy to be there that... I'm not going to be worried about all the things. Well, matter of fact, it says, when we see him as he is, we'll know him. We won't have to be worried about it because when we see him, I think all those mysteries and all those things that we're wondering about, we're going to just know him already because we're going to see him as he is. Because he is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the mystery of godliness. He is everything. He's the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. God never had another plan. It was always this plan. God's pretty thorough. I like that about him. I like the fact that he, he tells us over and over and over again. When Jesus was giving the gospel, the good news out to everyone, he did it by telling stories, by parables. He told stories about farmers and ranchers. He told stories about you know, shepherds and sheep. He told stories about uh, people planting fields. He told stories about businessmen. He told stories about, you know, people keeping their lamps trimmed. I mean, you, you name it. He told stories about every kind of thing that you could imagine in life because he wanted everyone to be able to understand who he is and how this relationship is supposed to work. If it was me... I would probably just say, well, this is the way it is. And you figure it out. 
But God is so thorough and so kind and gentle and so good and so loving and merciful that he just tells us over and over and over and over again so that even though we may be thick, even though we may be slow learners, we have a chance to learn. At some point, it's like, oh, I get it now. You know, I didn't understand the lost coin, but I get the lost sheep. I didn't understand, you know, the little bit of leaven, but I understand the sin is bad. I mean, it's, that's the way God works. He gives us his word and the truth of his word to change us. Our part is just to receive it. Sometimes that seemed like a pretty big part, but it's not as bad as you might think. So God was manifesting himself in the earth. And it says that he, he was manifested in the flesh. And we know that in, in John chapter 1, it says that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. He was in the beginning with God, and he, he created everything. Nothing was created without him. And then it goes down and it says, And the Word became flesh, and he dwelt among us. The Word became flesh, and he dwelt among us. So when Paul says the mystery of godliness, he said, without controversy, it's great because God manifested himself in the flesh. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld his glory as of the only begotten of God, full of grace and truth. He came to his own and his own didn't receive him, but to those who did receive him, he gave the right to become sons of God, children of God. That is the mystery. He came, his own people, the ones that he had, had always been trying to work in this relationship with, they rejected him. But then he said, well, I'm just going to go ahead and offer it to everyone. Not just my special chosen people, but I'm going to offer it to everyone. And I, I contend that God always was offering it to everyone. Amen. He even put it, into the, into the law and said, you know, if a, if a stranger comes and he wants to be part of you, receive him. They couldn't, they couldn't be part of the, you know, the priestly order, but they could be part of the kingdom. God's always done that. That's the thing that uh, is so awful about what the Jewish people did is they, they took something good and they twisted it and perverted it and made it into something that was painful and hard. Jesus said, you know, you guys, you've heaped burdens on people that you're, you can't bear them. You don't even lift a finger to bear them and you just heap them on and heap them on. It's all so simple. The gospel is simple. It is the good news. The good news that we are sinners. We're separated from God by our sin and Jesus has made a way so we don't have to stay separated from God. It just... It just doesn't get much simpler than that. Except that it's been going on for all eternity past and it's going to go on for all eternity in the future and that's what makes it a mystery is us trying to comprehend everything about it and trying to not let the devil twist and lie and cheat and take it away. That's what Paul said to the Colossians. He said, don't let them cheat you. Don't let him cheat you. He wants to steal the truth from you. He wants to... He wants to to make you believe a lie so that you cannot allow the truth to change you and do its work in you. Great is that mystery. 
God revealed himself in the flesh. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. He revealed himself by the Spirit. In Luke 3, we have the account of Jesus being baptized. When all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized. And while he prayed, the heaven was open. The Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven which said, You are my beloved Son, and you I am well pleased. God was manifested in the Spirit. The Holy Spirit manifested in the form of a dove that everybody could see. Not only that, but God spoke. A, a voice came out of heaven. God manifested. It wasn't, it wasn't just a physical manifestation, but it was, it was a spiritual manifestation. In John 16, Jesus talking about the Holy Spirit. He says, However, when He, the Spirit of truth, has come, He will guide you into all truth. For He will not speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak. He will tell you all things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. God was manifested in the flesh. It manifested in the Spirit. The Holy Spirit, that's one of the things, the chief thing that he does is he reveals Jesus to us. He is the revealer of truth. He guides us into all truth. And if you read that whole chapter and, and the preceding and the following chapters, you'll understand that there is, a, there is a revelation that happens through the Holy Spirit that you're not going to get any other way. The Holy Spirit residing inside of you. He reveals who God is and this relationship that we have with Him. It says that He, he manifests or declares the Father to us. And Jesus prayed and said, Lord, you know, I'm praying these people that, and not just these, but all those who will believe after them, that you would make them one, even as you and I are one. That's, that's part of this mystery. He's trying to understand, how can that be? How can that be? God's in heaven, and we're down here. How can we be one? That's the mystery. And yet it's real. It happens when you invite him to come and live in your heart. He comes and he makes his dwelling in your heart. We read that this morning in Revelation. It says, when, when the new heavens and the new earth are coming down and the new Jerusalem is coming down, it says, and the tabernacle of God is going to be with men. And that's what it's been about from the very beginning. God wants to tabernacle with us. He wants to live and dwell in us. He wants to be with us all the time. He wants to indwell us. And all those stories Jesus told. I'm the vine, you're the branches. I'm the, the shepherd and you're the sheep. I'm the, the bridegroom and you're the ten virgins that are trying to keep your lamps trimmed. I'm and you're, I'm and you're. It's over and over and over again because he wants us to understand this relationship. It is mysterious. Because we're in the flesh. We're in a natural body. We've got the stuff we were born with. We were born with a sinful nature. And we sin. And yet, he says, I want you to crucify that flesh. And when you know me, you're going to become a new creation. You're not going to be that same person. 
It's something that's unprecedented. When we become believers, we're born again. It's like we, we are literally changed into something that we weren't before. We're still a human being. But now we are a spiritual being as well. And we've got, we've got this spiritual being that's in us. And we've still got that old guy, but we're killing him daily. And we're crucifying him. We're trying to, to become more and more in the spirit and less and less in the flesh. And it's an ongoing process. That's the mystery. God revealed himself in the flesh. He revealed himself in the spirit. And also it says, he was seen of angels. Angels are messengers. They're ministers of, uh, to us as, as God's people. And that word, angelos, I mean, it can be translated as messengers or angels. Maybe what, what Paul was really saying was he was seen of messengers. Because the apostles, that was, one of the, uh, that was one of the tests for apostleship. It had to be someone who had been with Jesus from the beginning and seen his death, burial, and resurrection. The original 12, that was, that was the uh, requirement. Had to have been with him. You had to have seen all that he did and all that he said and seen his suffering and seen his victorious resurrection. In Acts 5, it says, Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than man. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you murdered by hanging on a tree. Him, God has exalted to his right hand to be prince and savior, to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. We are his witnesses of these things. So also is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. Again, the Holy Spirit is witness to all of that. And Paul was saying, or Peter, I mean, he was saying, we are witnesses of this. We saw right from the very beginning. We were down there at the sea fishing, and he came and, and called us. Same way he did you. You were doing your own thing, living your own life, doing it your way, bound in sin. You might not even realize you were bound in sin. And then Jesus came one day. Could have been in a church service. Could have been on the, listening to the radio. Could have been a friend at lunch. Jesus called you and said, Come, follow me. I'm going to do something different in your life. You're not going to be like you were before. You're going to be different. Come, follow me. So the apostles, they became messengers of that. They said, we were witnesses of that. We saw it all. We saw it all, the good, the bad, and the ugly. We saw you guys reject him. We saw you guys crucify him. But we've seen him alive now. And we know that he was truthful and faithful and that what he said has come true. He was manifested in the flesh and the spirit, manifested and seen by messengers. He was proclaimed to men. In 1 Peter he talks again, and he says, Of this salvation the prophets have inquired and searched carefully, who prophesied of the grace that would come to you, searching what, or what manner of time, the Spirit of Christ who was in them was indicating when he testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow. To them it was revealed that, that not to themselves, but 
to us they were ministering the things which now have been reported to you through those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. These things which angels desire to look into. I don't know if you caught that, but it says, Of this salvation the prophets have inquired and searched carefully, who prophesied of the grace that would come to you. Searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ who was in them was indicating when he testified beforehand of the suffering. The Spirit of Christ was in the Old Testament prophets. How about that? How's that for a mystery? Christ wasn't even come in the flesh yet. And it says the Spirit of Christ was in them, bringing the revelation. And it wasn't just for them, but it was for us who were to come thousands of years later. It really is a great mystery. It's not a mystery to God. He planned it all. He orchestrated it all, just like he did creation. Think about the fact that God, he's got it all figured out. You know, he's not trying to figure it out. He's got it all figured out. He knows exactly how DNA works because he designed it all. He knows exactly if you got one or two of those Y or X chromosomes. He knows all about that. There's no mystery. There's no trying to figure it out. There's no saying, I want to be this. Sorry. You are who you are because God has fearfully and wonderfully created you just like you read this morning. There, there is no mystery about that. You are who you are, and God didn't make a mistake. Now, the devil will come to you, and he will lie to you, and he will tell you all kinds of things. He'll get you sidetracked, you know, and, and you can take it with every, every natural, normal, physical appetite that you have. The enemy will lie to you and twist those things, and some people will, they will have a problem with how their, their diet affects them. Some people have a problem with their eyes and what they look at. Some people have a problem with their anger. You know, and it's, all those things are normal, natural things. I mean, you have to eat. You have to drink. You have to look with your eyes. You have to be aware of your surroundings. You have to do all those things. And yet the enemy causes you to be tuned in to all the wrong aspects of it so that you become out of whack. Jesus came so that we could be back in whack. <laughs> We're not going to be out of whack. We're going to be back in. He wants to redeem and restore all the stuff that the enemy has lied to you about. He wants to redeem and restore that. And then it says that the mystery of godliness that he was manifested, believed by men. First Corinthians, Paul says, Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which you also received, and in which you stand, by which you also are saved, if you hold fast that word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures, and that he was seen by Cephas, and then by the twelve. After that, he was seen by over 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part Remain to the present, but some have fallen asleep. And after that, he was seen by James, then by all the apostles. And then, last of all, he was seen by me also as one born out of due season, due time. For I'm the least of the apostles, who am not worthy to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. Sound like Popeye. I am what I am. By the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me has not been in vain. 
but I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Therefore, whether it was I or they, so we preach and you believed. The mystery of godliness has been revealed in all these different ways so that we can understand it. I mean, it was God's plan to reveal Jesus in the flesh. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. In the Spirit, He showed it over and over again. He sent angels. He sent messengers. He sent preachers. People believed what was preached. And then He was taken up into glory. He was manifested as He was taken up into glory. And so... In Acts 1, it says, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. See, he had told them, I've got this job for you to do, but I don't want you to go do it just yet because you don't have the power yet. Can I just tell you that that's still the same truth today? You cannot do things in the kingdom without the kingdom being within you. And you cannot do things in the Spirit without the Spirit empowering you to do it. So he said, You heard it from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they came together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? People are always worried about these peripheral questions and mysteries. Just stay focused on the mystery. It'll go a lot better for you. He said, And it's not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but redirecting them back to the mystery again. This is the one you need to be keyed in on. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Now when he had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up. The cloud received him out of their sight. While they were steadfastly looking toward heaven as he went up, I mean, they saw him, they saw him manifested in the glory. They saw him going right up in to glory. Yeah, they, were, they were gawking. I imagine they had, you know, like the cartoons, you know, their eyes were bulging out, their jaw was dropping, and they were like, whoa. While he was going up, Two men stood by them in white apparel and said, Hey, why do you stand gazing up there like that? <laughs> this same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in like manner like you saw him go. That's the, that's the other part of all this mystery is that not only has he done all this stuff, but he's coming again. And it's nearer now than it was when you first believed, whenever that was. And I'm telling you, the end times, I mean, I don't know, there's been, there's been earthquakes and wars and all kinds of things for years, but what's going on right now? You've got to be thinking, we're getting closer. We're getting closer, really close. And he that restrains, is the, it's the church and the Spirit of God, and, you know, and until we're taken out, uh, you know, it's not going to just be turned over to a total spirit of lawlessness, but... Man, there, there is something in the works right now. There is a lot of lawlessness and confusion going on in our culture and our society. That same Jesus, though, he was manifested leaving. That same Jesus is, 
has been manifested in our lives over and over again, and he's going to come again one day, and he's going to be manifested to the entire earth, and every knee and every tongue is going to confess that he is Lord of the glory of God. There's not going to be any confusion. There's not going to be any questions. There's not going to be any doubters then. From eternity past, every one of them are going to say, I guess I was wrong because you are Lord. That's what it says, right? Every knee will bow, every tongue will confess. I want to do it now while it, will, while it will do something for me, while it will change me, while it will let me walk in that fullness and the abundant life that we should have. Man. I'm going to stop right there. Because I get going anymore, we're going to go along. Eddie, y'all can come on back. We're going to... We're going to worship a little bit, but I just want to, I want to encourage you to think about this, that this, this mystery, it, it's not supposed to remain a mystery. We're supposed to understand who God is and how we can be related to him. And I promise you, he wants to relate to you in a lot of different ways. He wants to relate to you like a shepherd and the sheep. He wants to relate to you like the king and citizens of his kingdom. He wants to relate to you like the vine and the branches. He wants to relate to you as a warrior and as a soldier and as a, as a person that's uh, trying to just be good soil. I mean, God wants to relate to us in all those ways because he is not just one. He is all those things simultaneously. And we talk about doing spiritual warfare and we do have to do spiritual warfare. You have to be on your toes. You have to be vigilant all the time. There's also times where he'll call you aside and say, come man, it's get a little R&R. It's time for some rest and some re relaxation. You need to recover. You need to be restored. You go spend a little time with your family. Do some things that will help heal you. He wants us to be whole. And it, it's not all just, you know, he's leading the army and we're all going out killing the devil. I mean, we have to be mindful that the devil is always active and working. But there are times that we're not supposed to be doing battle. There's times that we're supposed to be like Song of Solomon. He says, come away with me, my lover. Come away with me. Spend some time with it. Just you and me. Come away. Yes. God is calling us all the time. And he's trying to relate to us. And all, so sometimes you're, you need to do battle. And he is the king that's leading you into battle. Sometimes you're that one lost sheep that's strayed from the path. And he's coming to find you and bring you back. You need to let God be God in your life. The way that he wants to relate to you at this moment. Right now. That's why we need to have God speak to us. That's why we need to have God breathe life into us. It's, it's a moment-by-moment -moment relationship. In one day, you could, need, you could need the Lord to be all those different things. Because you could be smiling in the morning and sorry at lunchtime. And you could be victorious at night. And you could be beat up at dinner time. You know, it, we have to relate to God all the time. And he is trying to relate to us in different ways. He's revealing himself to us so that we can know him in all of his fullness and goodness. Let's stand and worship.
our eyes on him. If you can do that, everything else will kind of just fall into line. If you can keep your eyes on Jesus, fix your eyes on him. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. And if you can do that, everything else, Jesus said, seek me first, my kingdom, all that other stuff will just, it'll just line right up and it'll be okay. You start seeking all the other stuff first, you get all out of whack. You got to get back in whack. You got something you'd like special prayer for this morning? Uh, someone will meet you here at the altar. Uh, if you don't know Jesus, an opportunity for you to allow him to reveal himself to you like never before. An opportunity for you to acknowledge his lordship now instead of waiting on that day when every knee bows and every tongue confesses. If you don't know him, 
You better do it now because when you acknowledge it then, it's going to be too late. Not going to be anybody getting saved at that point. You better get saved now. So if you don't know Jesus, give your life to him today. Yes. So come. If you want a prayer, come. Someone will meet you and we'll finish that portion of this last song.
So receive the blessing of the Lord. May the Lord bless you, keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you his peace. Yes. Go and be blessed. Have a great week. Uh, don't forget, we've got Wednesday night activities. We've got uh, uh, all kinds of things that are in the works. Keep praying. Keep believing. God is moving. He's pouring his spirit out on this place. Hallelujah. Good things are in store for you in the kingdom. Hallelujah. Amen. God bless you.